Got a bad bitch on me. Got a bad bitch on me. She D T F. She tell me she D T F. I heard she D T F. What? And you ain't hanging with the team if you ain't down to fuck. Okay. Well, Lord, mama. Welcome to DTF, the Daryl Timmery Fun Hour, the world's greatest. <laughs> Wait, that's not even the tagline. <laughs> hey, no. Yes, it is. We're the world's greatest. Isn't Such it the universe? Game show in the universe. Yeah. In the known universe, yeah. That's at the, at oh, the end. you wouldn't put worlds. But, you know, I think that that's even funnier. I'm an improviser. <laughs> the greatest sex education, comedy, sometimes game show, sometimes podcast in the known universe. Hi, I'm your resident sexuality educator, Dr. Timory. And I'm the other guy. Daryl Charles. That is also true. Uh, also just known as other guy. I mean, sure. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I like the fact that um, was it with the Incredible Hulk, um, they have referred to him as the other guy. Like Bruce what? is Bruce, and then they talk about the other guy. Oh, okay. uh, and right. I I play a, a lot of Marvel branded games because I'm a mindless zombie to the altar of Stan Lee and all the people he stole from. Um, okay. Yeah, and so in a lot of the games, they refer to Hulk as the other guy. Like, it'll be a, a, a feature just because it's like, yeah, the other guy shows up and things happen. So so it's like DTF, Bruce Banner and the Hulk, but getting along. Yeah. <laughs> joining, joining forces. Co- coming to terms with each other under the guise of sexual education. Yeah, I like it. You know, I honestly the 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 one where he like integrates the two and then he's just mm-hmm. like giant all the time but also smart mm-hmm. all the time. I was like, "Oh, oh, 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 oh <laughs> sir. Hello. Zaddy home. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of hello, how are you? Uh, we have a returning guest, someone who has been not only on DTF before but also on my other project, Sex with Timory. Um, and a a personal friend of the show. Welcome back, Alabaster. Hello, thank you for having me. You you are also a Bruce Banner Hulk because you've got civilian life and then sparkle life. Yes, yes, the, yeah. the duality of man or woman, if you will. Yeah, tell tell the nice folks. What are all of the random fun things that you do? Because you got a laundry list. I d- I do. I tried to count out the number of jobs that I have the other day, and it it didn't go that well. But um, so I do burlesque, um, and I also uh do online content creation of the sexy variety, uh, and then I also am a sexuality educator, uh, and I just started my own podcast. So it's. I, there's a lot. Oh, and I have a degree in human sexuality. I don't know why that came at the end. Same. Right. <laughs> it, just, it, 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 it slips in there every once in a while. But yeah, I have a, um, a master's of education in human sexuality. Um, so yeah, I get to be sexy and smart. I like it. It's I fun. like it. It's really fun. I'm sure. One would is. say yeah. that's kind of the, the whole thing we're about here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Honestly, if you yeah. can do it it's the way to go um yeah i would say if you're you know i've been doing it for quite some time and uh i just have to say it's a blast except when it comes time to pay the bills but that's different um that's that's real 
(laughs) (laughs) That's different. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's been a pandemic to stop people from gathering together. And I was actually banking on them gathering together to make money. But, you know, who cares? YOLO. It, it, yeah. It, you know, it's, why do we talk about the pandemic every episode? Maybe it's because we are now a podcast because of the pandemic. The, the entire maybe. pivot. Yeah. Maybe because <laughs> this is the way I get to see my friend who I saw so regularly that people in two different states thought I lived in one state. Mm-hmm. 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 For but. seven years, people were, people were like, I want to hear the DTF podcast. And I was like, me too. You know, isn't that so funny? <laughs> so many people say, y'all should make this podcast. We're like, yeah, I mean, we will, whatever. And then the president said, guess what? You better. And we couldn't, we could not deny the president of the United States. <laughs> well, that's, that's one take. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't really know how to. I don't have a good retort to that. <laughs> well, I mean, he took society away, so we had to figure out a thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So so now... He was like, oh, people have... outside are talking about me bad? Guess what? I'm taken away outside. And then and then that's what happened. <laughs> I bet you they won't so talk about didn't... me in bars again. Oh, God, I hope not. I hope I never have to ever again. That'd be that would be cool. Is... Clean. It's so funny. As much as I I, I hate the uh, the rights uh, attempts to be like, look, it's over with. Why try to hold him accountable for the things he did? There is also like ninety percent of me that's like, I just want to forget all of it. I don't want to care anymore. I would love to just stop watching politics. Like, I don't trust joe biden and kamala harris to do the things that i want but i'll tell you what i'd like to not care <laughs> i'd I feel like, like to sleep at night yeah i feel like as a nation though we need to like go through like one series of gigantic therapy sessions where we just have to work through what the fuck just happened for the True. last four years and then we can forget about it but if it's like gonna sit in our little trauma oh, yeah. pockets of our brain for a little bit. Oh yeah, no, it, it, work, no one. Work through it. <laughs> yeah, no one should forget. Everything needs to be reconciled. Like, like you know, especially we got to a point where we literally had uh, people try to destroy the government. We need to all come to terms with that, how we got there and shit, and then move forward. But man, am I like more than a Republican? I am sitting here like, I can't wait to never think about this again. However, right, you want us to stop now, and I want us to stop when they're in jail. This is a really great place to introduce our first piece of fucking news. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I'm not ranting. A, this is all is a plan. We did a meeting segue. beforehand. This yeah. is a fucking mwah, 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 like segue down the sidewalk, taking up all the space. Segue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that we're gonna introduce our first piece of fucking news, 
And uh, this is going to be an interesting one. We've been talking lately about, like, we don't issue any trigger warnings because, quite frankly, we're, like, I am of the opinion, speaking at least for myself, that I don't know what's going to be upsetting to someone and what will uh, bring bring back their trauma. So I don't want to invalidate anything by not having a warning in front of something and, and having it in front of something else. So as always, right. if you're listening to this episode and you, it makes you feel... Uh, uncomfortable and bad you could fast forward you could do a different episode you could go for a walk um so just in general but we are you can go fuck yourself our... you can literally yeah. spend the time masturbating instead absolutely Highly i would not be upset yeah it's a great um, stress reliever yeah very true yeah. good times yeah good clear i don't even pipes. have good. enough good stress to justify the amount of times i relieve it that way <laughs> Maybe that's why you don't have that much stress. Mm. I am there. Maybe we need to diversify our stress relief streams. Maybe uh True. Maybe, yeah, you know, know that's probably the, like, Yeah, I've been I've been doing moderate exercise and I I'm and I'm ooh. I'm trying to be mindful and tune in to the good feelings of having had it done right Ooh. that's apparently a big thing for those who do the fitness who are like when it's finished like it, I'm yeah. like whoo I did it and I have to sit there and go yeah I did it I got three stars on fucking rhythm boxing I did it I, yeah that's I'm, nice. that's I'm supposed to dwell on that and not the my sh- I'm wet and this my shoulders are gonna hurt later and i hate i hate i just i just hate you know i i also hate exercising and honestly it's spite that's keeping me going right now um and i'm saying this to the person who teaches me pilates who's on this podcast (laughs) but i just i i hate exercise and my uh my primary partner is like a big fitness buff and he cannot get me to exercise for the life of him but timory has somehow gotten me to exercise and i do it every week Mm -hmm. and every week i am yelling with my mic on mute and flipping her off through the camera (laughs) and just like she's like so how's your butt doing i'm like i'm going to eat you And then I'm sore the next day, and then I just like curse her name into the skies, and yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's just like he's giving me something productive to like be mad at, but not actually be mad at. I'm like, I'm I'm mad at you for making me better myself. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> the, the job of being a fitness instructor is a mixture between being a cheerleader, uh, a therapist. And also, like, a dom. Like, Mm -hmm. if you don't get mad at me at some point, I'm not really doing my job. Yeah. Like, for any of those jobs. I've cursed out a a number of avatars and um, and a a YouTube uh, yoga lady uh, a number Mm -hmm. of times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. And, like, I had gotten Timory a a yoga mat as a present at one point, and apparently it's a little bit slipperier than what she was used to and like in the video like in while she was streaming she was like oh this is a little bit harder when there's not as much traction and i went good suffer <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. i did I this to you mm-hmm. that was all me <laughs> so 
So I'm going to pivot back to our first story. <laughs> so this one, this one's an interesting one. I did a bunch of mm-hmm. reading around this and I, and I think that like the way that I'm going to describe the story is yes. And <laughs> to myself them. over and over again about how to describe this story. So the, the TLDR version is that a magazine called poetry, it is a prestigious poetry magazine and they have a current staff who are actually like a transition team. They're not even necessarily the folks who have always been in uh, in in power. And they decided to do an issue that was all people who had been convicted of crimes, who had either were writing from prison or had served time in prison or were the families of people who had. And they did an open uh, call where they didn't necessarily like look into the person or what they had done or whatever. They judged it on the basis of the poetry and released an issue that was all poetry related to that. And an interesting thing is that like when they um, published it, there were two sex offenders in the issue, but only one of them had been a college professor. And uh, so there was some uh, some internet anger about like why the fuck did you platform this guy of all the people that you could have published why is it this guy uh he is specifically uh, a former professor kirk nesset uh who was in federal prison for for several years who was convicted of uh, possession of child pornography he had a really extensive collection an fbi agent said it was the largest collection he had seen in 15 years he had not um been accused of touching any children but that is not to say that child pornography does not you know contribute directly to the abuse of children uh he had also shared uh the content online which also again continues to perpetuate that harm so (laughs) it is a really complicated thing and i want to talk about all of it um since then there have been a few updates we are recording this as of february 5th and as of february 5th poetry magazine has done a few updated like public statements on it they apologized for not having looked into it enough and maybe they should have spent more time uh researching the individual people but they they still stand by the decision that um the whole point of the the issue was that we're looking at poets outside of their classification as as having ever been convicted of a crime so with that i'm very interested to hear what everybody thinks i'm gonna be yes ending a lot yeah (laughs) okay i can jump on the grenade um and just say the blanket statement that's gonna make people angry these people can go fuck themselves uh the 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 problem i think the problems that they are trying to showcase is a lack of faith in the incarceration system in the United States, right? They don't believe that jail is going to help these people. And who a are lot you of studies about when you say that hmm? just just so I understand who the people who, who are who upset fuck themselves? that this okay. person who participated in the uh, video evidence of child sexual abuse they feel like this person will not be rehabilitated by jail and therefore need to be punished in a way that is above and beyond incarceration and rehabilitation. And so do not give this person a platform to do anything. I don't want to hear their poems. I don't want to know their ideas. I don't want to, I don't want to think that they have ever 
after this is done that they can ever just relax on a couch. I want, I don't, I just need them to feel punishment for the rest of their life. And that is a thing one can do. Um, that is a stance one can take. But I think that the real thing that they're trying to be upset about is their lack of faith in our incarceration system. They don't think that this person is going to be rehabilitated when they come out. And studies have shown that people who have uh, done this sort of crime typically, oh, not typically, but some tend to just have a predilection for young bodies, right? Like they just like young people and that's a, a thing that they like. And you can, you can therapy them to recognizing that this is wrong and it's not a thing you should do, but they'll never not be it. And they just don't want this person to have a platform. And that is where I say, your problem is with jail. Your problem's not with the crime, right? Like if you felt like after they were incarcerated and, and given all of the chances that we do to rehabilitate someone into society, then your argument is gone, right? Like I think, I don't know. Like I think your problem is with jail, not necessarily with this person because we're supposed to be doing this thing of like, don't judge anyone by their worst day. Like this person is a human being. You can commit a murder and it's okay. Kyle Rittenhouse killed three people and there are a bunch of people who are like, he was just trying to protect the country who gives a shit, right? Like we're supposed to think that people can be better and doing things like this, allowing them to get, get some kind of outlet for their feelings is kind of what we want for people. But for some reason, not for some reason, for a very good reason, we separate people who abuse children from the rest of it. And that's where I'm like, you know, you can't, you don't want to just put this person in a hole for forever. They, they have to live a life. That life sometimes will be, you know, brought up in front of other people for something that's not the worst thing that they ever did. Well, and I think that this ties into the discussion that, well, I wouldn't say discussion, but the, uh, the topic of like trigger warnings that you yeah. brought up earlier, like, Yes, that seeing a poem in a magazine by somebody who is conv convicted of child sex crimes um, can be very triggering and emotional to anybody who has experienced that in their lives. But every single poem in that could trigger a response for anybody who has been a victim of a crime. Mm -hmm. So, like, at, at that point, it is singling out that particular crime, which, like, I, I get the impulse to do like I understand that that brings out like a very visceral reaction yeah. in people and like anything happening to kids is fucked up like it really is but at the same time uh, I think to like further your point about rehabilitation I don't think it's just an issue of like prison doesn't tend to actually rehabilitate people but once they're out there are so few supports for anybody who is experiencing any sort of pedophilic tendencies at all right. that they don't have the resources to be able to actually confront what is going on with them and keep mm -hmm. them from offending or before they go in even like so like there are right. so few resources 
that allow people if they do realize like oh i have these feelings and even if they recognize that there's no way that they can engage in those in a consensual way like Mm -hmm. they can't there's they're on their own and they're stuck to deal with it on their own and when you don't have support systems when you don't have anybody to talk to if they can't talk to a therapist about it the second that they tell a therapist about it the therapist has to report it they're mandatory reporters and well and it depends on the the licensure that they have too because um i know that there are certain uh when I was in school, we actually interviewed somebody who um, used to be a licensed therapist uh, and ended up like foregoing renewing his licensure uh, because he wanted to help people with uh, pedophilic tendencies <laughs> to be able to actually talk somebody to somebody to keep them from offending. Um, mm-hmm but he couldn't do that when he had a license so like it it was definitely like a a gray area that he decided to live in in order to do what he considered to be the most good um and like i say all of this knowing that i also have a very visceral reaction to this like uh during this interview um this man who did get rid of his licensure like he identifies as a pedophile and he realizes that there's absolutely no way to engage in that consensually Mm at all um but he is trying his best to make sure that there is some sort of support network to make sure that like people remain not offending yeah and yeah yeah that is that's one of the biggest things about this is like when you could come at this from a lot of angles and and i think you've you've both touched on a lot of the things that i was thinking about and one of which is like there are a lot of people who are abolitionists in theory around prison and they see how the prison industrial pipeline is a huge problem and they can acknowledge that when it comes to people who got in trouble as teenagers they can see that they can see how it's stupid that anyone's in jail for drugs they can see how you know all of this is is like part of a deeply racist system a deeply classist system you can see all that and then you get to someone that they don't like personally right and that i can can vouch for that as well like when i hear about roger stone (laughs) i hear about steve bannon and i'm like that's what jail's for (laughs) you know i mean there's gonna be a prison yeah that's that's who should be in there these people are irredeemable fuck these guys right yeah 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how I feel about it. But I read a lot of abolitionist stuff that I I get really challenged by because they're basically that is the challenge of being an abolitionist is you're gonna run into some guy who did something that like you're like mm! you know because like it's they're not they're not all fun stories of of guys who got you know the fun is not the right word it's not all stories where it's very clearly that they just got you know railroaded by the system sometimes there are guys in there who who murdered someone (laughs) and you're going to have to decide or like is this how we as a society deal with our social problems and and so prison itself you could be you can be really deeply conflicted about this and when it comes to child sex offenders like you're like you're saying alabaster like we we put this in this very specific box where if you realize that you're pedophically oriented, there's literally nothing you can do. No one you can talk to. And if you bring it up to people, it's highly stigmatized. And there's there's no way to seek treatment. And in many ways, it is is like any other incredibly unhealthy coping mechanism. It's like heroin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like gambling. It's like when you feel like shit and this thing that's bad for you is available, 
you are going to get you're going to inch yourself closer and closer to it until you have no willpower and then what we end up doing with child sex abuse is like because we can all agree (laughs) that that is Mm -hmm. bad and if we don't share that same weakness we can be just like you get to go into the volcano and never come out because i don't have empathy for that crime and that doesn't fix it that doesn't prevent children from getting abused no not at all right and it's it's such a a a right-wing talking point that i've seen on the internet about like these liberals want to classify pedophilia as uh, the same thing as being gay, and they want to make it okay for that because it's I was I was born this way and blah blah blah. And it's like one disingenuous arguments are the thing that raise my blood pressure more than salt. Right? Like I get very <laughs> upset. When I'm talking to someone and they bring something up and I go, well, let's analyze that. And they go, I don't want to analyze it. And I go, well, why did you bring this up to converse about? If you don't want to listen to me about it, then shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> if, if, if this conversation is not going to do anything to change your mind, then don't have the conversation. You're wasting my time, mm-hmm. right? And and I get, mm-hmm. as, as my tenor betrayed uh i get very upset about that um and a lot of people do that when it comes to this shit and i think that i think that child sex crimes are some of the worst things one can do right like it's it's to me it's worse than murder especially because a lot of times the victim survives and it's about the victim's life that is so much worse than the crime that's committed right and so i'm always I'll never not be an advocate for a victim of that shit. It's terrible and you should whatever, whatever. But the person who did it, who, you know, is a criminal, they still need a road to rehabilitation, right? The the the, the idea of society is that we keep fucking going. And I don't think that there, there are a bunch of crimes that someone should be thrown in a hole for, but I don't think that that is necessarily one of them. I think that, you know, you take it very seriously and you you do what you can but like just i mean if the person's a violent offender then you deal with it differently but there are some people who think this way and then never act on it and i think we need to try to get as many people to that point who who have that problem we need to try to get them to that point and that is called rehabilitation and it's like it's not a this isn't a sustenance crime like burglary right or 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 mugging like typical I think uh, from the things I've read that most people who do that shit are doing it so they can pay a bill. They they want to keep their lights on so they have to take money from somebody. That is a the way you fix that is by getting those people jobs, is by making sure that people in in those situations have a way to earn money that is not taking it from others. Um and <laughs> and then also the people who earn money by taking it from others, you you try to make that job not a thing. But anyway, um, you know, those are ways you fix crime, and there's a way to fix that crime. And I think our culture too much is is likes to to um bring joy to punishment and not to mm. rehabilitation. It's like you mm. did a thing. I can't wait till they put you under the jail. Like that is a that is a colloquialism. It's like, you know, so many people go to jobs like, oh, I hope they, they teach his butt what to do. And it's like, are you mm-hmm. advocating for rape right now? Like, you, mm-hmm. you, 
is it not a crime when it happens to a criminal? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, like you can't yeah. say I want the harshest punishment in the world to happen to this person and then nothing else. And I, I also, I, I like that you drew the comparison between like there are problems that exist where like crime is the result of some societal need not being met. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't, I would kind of argue that like child sex crimes actually tangentially have that feature so i'm gonna circle around i have a very like long thought process um i I already agree with you but please (laughs) (laughs) and it actually goes back to um the the born this way argument that you gave so um that i am not the biggest fan of that being the leading argument for gay rights with um born this way uh, mm-hmm. as with everything dealing with humans it's way more complicated than yeah. that for some people they have known like their whole lives and they do feel that they've been born this way and there there possibly is like a gay gene we don't know i don't really want to know because i don't want it once they identify that there's a gene then somebody's going to try to figure out some way to get rid of that gene and i'm like not down for right. that um right. so but like sexuality is complicated some people like i know the story for quite a few women who come out as lesbians later in life it is after they experience some like really horrific trauma and that is a completely valid thing that happens so like there's always these different stories for how things come about but with um pedophilia specifically well i shouldn't say pedophilia specifically with uh any sort of attraction to Minors. So pedophilia is the attraction to prepubescent children. And then hebophilia is the attraction to uh, children going through puberty. So usually like 11 to 14, I think is what that said. Um, and then uh, ephebophilia is after puberty has kind of finished, but not adult, not a, yeah. So still a minor, um, right. usually... 15 to 17, 13 to 17, depending on the end. Puberty is at different ages now. I don't... <laughs> it's it's at a different hormones. time than I was. <laughs> yeah, it's about hormone yeah. levels in certain states. It, the shit gets wacky, y'all. Yeah, um, and yeah. a lot of people... A lot of people get mad that um, we make these distinctions and they're like, well, it's all bad and I don't necessarily disagree with that, but the way that you approach each of those is different. The way that you would seek treatment for each of those is different. Um, And also, like... I think that the argument of born this way kind of negates the uh, the whole entire like societal pressure for people to be attracted to really really young bodies like yeah. the whole entire like barely legal uh, mm-hmm. thing with porn and it's just like oh well I just gotta wait until this person is no longer a minor and now all yeah. of a sudden it's okay but like all of the beauty standards that are exist in porn and for like anybody who presents in as a woman movies. like at all it's like the the standards are to look like you are a pubescent teenager mm-hmm. and that you are nubile and supple and like so it's there are these untainted societal, yeah there are these societal beauty there you go that there you go like a lot of people are held to and these are the same people who are just screaming about 
sex, like child sex crimes instead of actually trying to address the problems behind them. So like yep. you, you can't condemn one and support the other without being at least somewhat of a hypocrite in my opinion. Yep. And so like there, there is a deeper systemic issue for with how this society views peak sexuality Mm -hmm. and the time frame in which this that's is, supposed to happen. The thing I think about a lot here is how the idea of child sex abuse as a crime is still kind of new as an idea. Yeah, that's true. Like, we did not consider this to be a thing that people should investigate. This was not a thing that social services looked into up until a few decades ago. Wasn't it like the Prior 70s? Yeah, yeah. 60s and 70s is when we even started to conceptualize child sex abuse as a societal problem. And also, there are plenty of cultures around the country that this is not an issue. And 30-year-olds date teenagers all the time because the idea is you want to be a man who can provide and you want to find an untainted person to have your kids. Like, culturally, the, the numbers change. We covered it on DTF before as, as a, we're here to help when we did this shit in, in live times about the, the age of consent per state varies wildly mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania alone. If you pay an extra 50 bucks, you can marry a 15 year old. It, that mm -hmm. man, I'll never forget that shit. I getting my marriage <laughs> license. I was like, what does this say? It was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, for 50 extra dollars, you can get them down to 15. Like who the fuck? But it's a, it has to do with the Amish and how Ooh. they operate. And you want to allow for, you know, uh, it's religious freedom to 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 fuck kids, um, but 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 it's you know, it, and it, I made it sound terrible because it's fucking terrible it to me. But <laughs> culture, well, child right? bride stuff in general, it, it, when we when we start to get this into you know, it often is spoken as an international issue because it definitely is. There are yep. lots of countries where this is more of an issue than in others, but it is an issue in the U.S. as well, and we can't forget mm. that. Like upstate New York has a pretty significant number of child brides, and this is yeah not specific to any one place. But I, I do think we need to look at that in this cultural context of like f the first thing that happens is we acknowledge that there is an issue that it is probably not okay for little kids to be having sex with adults. It's the first thing that happens. And then we yep. start to have investigations into this and we start to have uh, governmental oversight over this and we start to criminalize it because up, up to, you know, prior to that, it was just very much swept under the rug. But then what happens is you get the satanic panic. The next thing that happens is mm -hmm. we overcompensate for the decades of not having taken care of kids. And you have a generation yep. of people who had experienced uh, childhood sexual abuse who then overcompensate for that by rather than looking at like the most likely offender is probably someone within your family or someone within your close like community in network. Community. And instead it's Satanists. You know, yeah. we like completely like jump from one end to the other where this and is you, now a thing that we will murder someone for. And you have opportunists and, and like Geraldo Rivera who want to uh, make the news and to be put on television and will use any uh, fault of humanity to catapult themselves to fame. And as Sarah Marshall pointed out, because I can't go a whole episode without bringing up your wrong about <laughs> Sarah Marshall <laughs> pointed out, she's like, it's not that the QAnon stuff is like the satanic panic. It just is. It's a continuation. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's this 
insane, illogical, not based on reality version of childhood sexual abuse that is somehow psychologically easier to hold on to than really acknowledging what actually happens, which Hell is that yeah. most abuse occurs within families. And most of the time, the kids that are like preyed upon are vulnerable for these societal reasons of like lack of governmental assistance and their parents aren't around and like families fall apart because they don't have like economic stability and people aren't getting mental health needs met. And like, it's just much easier to be like, Hillary Clinton is in that pizza parlor right now. You know, it's yep. just easier. As opposed mentally. to like, yeah, you and have so, a, a, yeah, you have a, a neurodivergent uh, cousin who has to be taken care of 23 hours out of the day. And the parents both work. So they bring in someone who uh, has to work with them. That person's a stranger, but they have a lot of power in the life of this child. And then they decide to abuse them or, you know, something that is a lot more germane to real life. But instead of trying to do something to fix that, you say, no, it's a cabal of rich people. It's the Roth, it's the Jews. And it's like, yo, son, <laughs> there ain't no way that that's one, that there's one answer to this problem. But uh, uh, like we were saying before, <laughs> you're arguing with people who don't know the difference between pedophilia and hepophilia and, you know, like to, to know that there are experts who have actually broken this down to parts because they've spent time thinking about it they don't want to think about that they there has to be a villain and we have to be able to handle them swiftly as long as we are willing to kill aoc mm. fucking yeah so, hate y'all. To, <laughs> to go back to this this original story specifically the guy who is i think the main editor of poetry right now mm-hmm. i believe is someone who was in prison uh, for a carjacking that happened when he was 16 that he oh. was involved in. And so, you know, he made the point that it's like, well, who am I? This is paraphrasing. He's like, who am I to say that that all of these people's concerns are somehow more valid than the person who has been a victim of a carjacking? Who's like this dude, you know, because mm-hmm. like, again, just to go back to our trigger warning conversation, like. I have no idea how something affects you and childhood sexual abuse is something that we've tried to study a whole lot and the Traumovich meta-analysis basically showed that like it depends like mm-hmm. there is no one size fits all of how this plays out and so there is no singular response that happens to people and some people's experiences are so traumatic that they never really overcome it and and the the woman who was recently executed by the federal government, the first woman to be executed by the U.S. government in 70 years. Uh, thanks to the Trump administration, they reinstated hey. federal death penalty. Right at the uh, end, dog, she, it was like, nah, we gotta, we haven't been evil enough. Let's start murdering people. Let's yeah. just get them, get them fuck out They of did. Yeah. They executed like 12 people in the span of a few months, and uh, including the first woman to be executed by the, by the U.S. And she is a really interesting story. I highly recommend looking into her life, but she was the victim the survivor of incredible childhood sexual abuse and mm. later goes on to commit a horrible crime she you can you can decide she's a victim she's a villain both whatever 
Um, and that is that is sometimes a thing that happens is that that the people who their early childhood experiences of sexuality are of huge power differentials then turn that into their coping strategy. And so a lot of the people who enact abuse on children are just re uh, yeah. reliving the things that they had already lived. But, but on they the get other to end be the, spectrum, the one doing are... the abuse as opposed to the one experiencing yeah. the abuse. And they're not thinking of what's that's... happening. What They're not thinking of the precedent they're setting. They're just thinking of, I'm finishing this by being the victor in this situation. Yeah, it's a, it's a to generational paraphrase a lot cycle of, of abuse. Yeah. Um, so in some cases, it's this horrific generational, intergenerational curse. And then in other times, we have labeled things as sex crimes that are really fucking arbitrary like there is a laundry list of cases of 18 year old usually black boys who get in trouble because their 17 year old girlfriend sent them naked pictures and these are the same crime according to the law you know according to the u.s government it's the same thing because it's like kids right it's like you were talking about alabaster like the magical number where I'm now yeah. legally able to mm-hmm. vote and also fuck. Everything changes. <laughs> I emerge from my cocoon. Skip <laughs> the whole entire process of being in the cocoon. Yeah. It's just I go straight from caterpillar to butterfly. 18. That's what happens immediately. It's a very violent time. <laughs> And we have no comprehensive national system of sexuality education, so the kids also on on their end are having a hard time navigating this. So aside from the fact that this is an adult's responsibility not to fuck with kids, kids also don't know how to navigate out of it because we don't teach them about autonomy. We don't even teach them the right words for anatomy. And so they end up falling prey to stuff that a kid who had had sexuality education might be like, motherfucker. Fucker, you try to do some of that shady shit. It's like us, me, yeah. no. Right. <laughs> my mom told me about this, and I give them the language. Catch my vulva. Yeah, your doctor <laughs> should never call it a pussy. If the, if your doctor says it's a pussy, you put your pants on and you leave. Uh, your doctor should never call them balls. Wow. Hey, let me see your balls wow. real fast. Hey, sir. <laughs> Whoa, these are testicles, and I have to leave. Whew. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, this is such a, like, such a huge topic, and, and I was, um, I was impressed and upset by the coverage of it. Jezebel did an article that was basically, like, yeah, basically, like, sex offenders should never get to exist again in the world, and, and, and the reality is, is they kind of don't, like, you can't, like, you get zoned out of being able to live anywhere, there's a lot of places where a a sex offender gets released from prison, prison, and there's literally not an apartment that they can rent. They have to live um, under a bridge, there's, like, a bridge in, like, a Florida town, where that's where the sex offenders go, Mm -hmm. because they, they've been, because of, you know, and I, again, I'm not arguing with the idea that a sex offender should not live next to a school however when when you make these things Fair. like 50 miles of a school and then you put a school every 50 miles you give these people no way to reintegrate into society and i'm not saying that they shouldn't be watched or monitored or we shouldn't take pay somebody the extra money to make sure that these people are doing the right thing but still, I allow them to make my coffee. There's no children involved in making my coffee. Like, l- let let that. Well, I mean, now we're talking about internationally because uh, oh, no. there's probably a lot of kids who are making my coffee. Every but, you time, know, Every y'all time don't want to talk about that part. The... 
I'm failing all along. <laughs> yeah, yo, I mean, yo, <laughs> child abuse is real terrible, but you understand why we have unions, right? It's because they were abusing children by making them go into mine yes. shafts that were too small for adults. So let's stop playing as if, you know, that that's not a thing that could come back. As if- we, we, the yeah. phone that is in your pocket right now wasn't made by a child. Mm. <laughs> Let's not pretend. The shoes on your feet, dog. Were made by people who Whoop. also made uh, a lot of. Uh, well, no, who their their parents who were also children made a lot of uh, Bills NFL championship T-shirts because um, they make those T-shirts and then when they lose they. They have to put them somewhere, but someone had to make them, and you make them on the cheap. And when when a lot of the uh, evil terrible people talk about globalism, that's what they're talking about. It's about Mm -hmm. um, we kind of drove out child abuse in the workplace, and then we just pushed it to countries where we didn't care about those people. And also the DTF. This uh, <laughs> it reminds me of when I was younger. At one point, my um my grandma asked me to do something. I was helping her clean something. I don't know because I was small and I could fit places. And she was like, "Oh, I need you to go do this." <laughs> like I was like, "Oh, cool. Can I get paid?" And she went, "No, that's child labor." <laughs> <laughs> that's Ooh. great. You remember well, the smart uh, lady? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, she's a she's a wonderful wonderful smart. A immigrant woman who takes no shit from her grandchildren at all. Right. I ain't paying no child to do no work. That's why you a child. The fuck out of here. <laughs> That's why we had children. Pay you to do work. Who are you? <laughs> Don't you know I could make another one of you? Shut up and grab those oh, widgets. She made ten. She made ten. She did. She did See? her work. Wow. Yeah. See. She did do some work. Oh yeah. Yo, right, yo, I think we need I think we need to wrap up this story here because we've been on this child porn thing for a minute but it, yeah it's, like it's parting tough. thoughts on to, this yeah alabaster any any parting thoughts I, mean, um, I think that we just as a society have a tendency to try to make monsters out of people who um, are normal people because normal people are uh, capable of not great things uh <laughs> And um, in order to actually combat the issue, you actually need to examine it. Mm. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I thought there was a really great article on Slate that was about uh, this whole thing and, and Poetry Magazine publishing this. And, and they broke apart the, you know, the the ironies, the hypocrisies of it. and And they were the place where I found out he was not the only sex offender in there but the yeah, problem is that crazy. one of them the the guy that we're specifically focusing on was a fairly privileged white guy who had a very prestigious career mm. and was already going to benefit from a lot of the things that come from that right like so this right. is a blind submission process and the people who have access to education are going to do better on those sort of applications right. that are that are blind, right? Air quotes, blind, mm-hmm. because they have had the opportunity to learn how to do these things. So mm-hmm. there is a valid point here about this guy having had lots of opportunities and managing to blow it um, and maybe giving other people a voice. 
but also again if the whole point of the issue is that people who have been incarcerated are not defined for the rest of their lives by that one feature above all others um, then maybe we shouldn't differentiate between which crimes we personally don't like because I think you could you could make that argument for yeah yo I mean you know there's a coffee company that uh, decided that Kyle Rittenhouse was an okay dude and I think that what he did was a lot worse wow yeah I think what he did was like and, 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 and you can please tell everybody that Daryl Charles said that what Kyle Rittenhouse did was worse because I need the publicity. I am very funny, and I can entertain a large crowd. And uh, what I yeah. need is the crowd. So if you want to get people who are outraged by me saying that Kyle Rittenhouse is worse than whoever the fuck this pedophile is, um, please do it. But again, we're talking about personal issues, right? Like, I think murdering black people for being black is very, very bad. I think that there's a, a lot of people who think that murdering black people for being black is just what we have to do to be safe and get home. And I mm. think that that is fucked up. And so I am gonna approach this differently. But I think what I have been able to do as a rational human being is get it to the point of, I think we need to make a society where when you do one of these faux pas, you do have to do some kind of work to reintegrate yourself into society. You did a bad thing and you need to be punished, but that punishment isn't just let's cut off your arm for the benefit of the queen. No, it's like you did a bad thing. Let's look at the circumstances around the bad thing you did and let's figure out how to make sure that you and no one else has to go through this. And part of that, I mean, this is a this is a, you know, this is one of those, like, this is a, like a, a diving board into a deeper thing, right? Like, allowing criminals to write poems is probably <laughs> the lowest standard one can put. Like, if you've committed a crime, if, if, the, if the parole board was like, you have to write a poem in order to get out of jail, I'd be like, that's not enough. <laughs> but, like, you know, as far as this shit is concerned, I don't care. Like, and I, and I hope that no one who was a victim of this person heard me say that. But if not, uh, please, uh, DarylCharlesComedy.com. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on the internet at uh, DarylDaryl underscore. I'm funnier than this, I promise. <laughs> I'll bring you far more that. joy than this conversation did. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I, I feel like we could have talked about that for longer, but we're going to wrap it and move it on to our next piece. Of fucking news. Beep, 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 beep. So this, this one's fun. more fun. Hey, look at that. It's I the like Vienna that. finger at the end of a shit sandwich. Boo, 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 boo. Uh, yeah, so this is a fun story that just happened. I guess this was like a week ago or something like that, but this is really an evergreen story for at any point in the last year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is time anyway? We don't know what year it is. Right? Matt? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 80 of these French people had, police... have not been outside since last June, so. Wait, what? Probably. I'm guessing. I, don't know I was using, I don't I was know using the most that. random of numbers. I was I was being facetious okay. in the uh, All right. uh, premise of a joke. Just, uh... Uh, please, again, uh, Daryl Charles comedy. I'm funnier than this. <laughs> 
Um, all right. Well, anyway, so this is a story. <laughs> I don't disagree. Anyway, French police uh, <laughs> broke up a warehouse orgy uh, in this uh, love-in in a Paris suburb. Um, they were having a fun libertine party, but the problem I was it that. was post curfew and it was breaking COVID precautions. There were not enough masks and clearly not enough distancing. Um, <laughs> so they they dispersed the crowd. They they uh, arrested people who they believed to be the organizers. Um, there were a bunch of people that were fined for non-compliance with these COVID precautions. They're suggesting that the people who went should have to get sex education as it relates to the spread of viruses. And uh, they uh, they took the sound and lighting equipment and the alcohol. They confiscated it. So that is yeah that's that, what that, I was well, like they didn't Ooh. want the they didn't want the the people who were on the B guest list to like show up later and just resume. True. <laughs> like, look, I'm not even trying to fuck. I keep my mask on. Can I just get this booze real fast? I heard it was open bar. What's popping? Is there tonic for my gin? That is the question that I have. It was only tonic. They just took the gin. Ugh. Yo, yesterday. Oh man, I shouldn't say this. Yesterday, I was at a event um, <laughs> with people. Um, everyone was wearing masks and stuff. But there was a bar. There was a bar, and uh, the bartender was drinking out of a bottle um, that I thought was tonic water. I thought he was drinking straight tonic, and I was like, "Are you okay?" And he was like, "What?" And he showed me, and it was club soda, just the same company made club soda in similar bottles. And I was like, I thought you was drinking tonic. He was like, yeah, like I've been in the fucking Sahara. I was like, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing. He was like, there's so many mosquitoes. I was like, I mean, that would have been a proper excuse, but yes. I uh, Anyway, if I ever see anybody just drinking tonic out the bottle, um, you're crazy. <laughs> there's no reason. This shit don't taste that good. Mixers. Hmm? I don't even bother with mixers. Because I am, as I've professed several times, an old-timey brothel, madam. <laughs> and I think the ice cube counts as a mixer. <laughs> There's that. I don't know. I empathize with these people. I feel yeah. for them. Who doesn't yeah. want to be at a giant orgy in a French warehouse? Right? What kind of, Who the fuck doesn't want to be there? I understand. But, like, let's just I don't know not French, and I want right, to be there. Right now. I mean, I don't think I would need to know French. The only thing that I find... I know how they kiss. Slightly... Con <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that... Well, I mean, other than a pandemic and me not wanting to contribute to it. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not sure that I would want to go to an orgy in a pandemic... Not just because of the pandemic, but because if it, there are people there who are ignoring the precautions of a pandemic, what precautions are they avoiding that I would mm. want present at an orgy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, like when are are people communicating their like when they last got tested? Like, if they have any positive tests, like what precautions are they taking if anybody is not okay with? contracting anything like right. it's you know there's there are discussions that need to be had that i feel like um those discussions about wearing masks were just blown right over so like mm -hmm. where mm. that's the thing okay here's a here's a wonderful um um theoretical question or whatever 
how would you facilitate a 100 person orgy today if you had to plan one if i had to i would quit if you during the pandemic <laughs> okay okay i can answer this because i have been trying to convince my friend who who does an annual party that always gets a little bit weird i'm like let's still do it anyway here's how we can do it safely let's fucking so the first thing go is, well first of all you have to to only invite people who have who've gotten two shots of the vaccine already and a couple weeks have passed since their last shot. That's the first thing that I would Mm -hmm, say. mm -hmm. The other thing would be if literally people understood the concept of lockdown quarantine and not just like I didn't go out very much. You know, like if you could literally agree to stay in your house and not interact with anyone except for your housemates who also are doing the same thing, like you could actually Fine. If you if you aren't gonna take like a lift or anything on the way to the party, which would then be potential exposure, you could literally preclude yourself from being a risk. Like it is possible to do. Hello, bouncer. We have. You're the first person who I've seen since last March, who has been in front of for more than fifteen minutes. I have been a hermit. You can tell by the length of my toenails. That I have not been around. I would like free. I would like entry into this den of sex. Well, it's it's, it's France, so entree. Ah, touche. Touche. Okay. All right. So, like, approaching the pandemic as a sexuality educator means that I really want people to think about rather than what is allowed levels of risk and like Mm -hmm. what is worth it to you because everything sexual is a degree of risk taking right like even if you have um you know taken reasonable precautions even if you're on the birth control pill right you still have a degree of risk within that of getting pregnant it's a matter of is it worth it to you and if like that gets people to think about is this actually worth it to me that's great because i want people to think that through self-select and and what yeah and what I think we we should be talking about is like, all right, so I think an orgy is still totally possible with the pandemic, but again, you have to be willing to make the sacrifices that that minimize the risk for yourself and for other people. And it's it's like it's all well and good just be like, fuck it, whatever, I'm just out here living. And it and at some point, you know, I I understand that philosophically, um, but. I just I feel like we're so close to being done. I would feel personally like a real asshole if I got it right before I was able to be vaccinated. I would feel like a real idiot that I like I made it this far personally. That's how I feel. Yeah. I don't true. know how anybody feels who's already had it. I have no idea. We don't know if you can get it a second time. It seems like maybe you can. It'll just be a different level of like intensity or whatever. Like there's so much we don't know, but I don't know how anybody else feels. But for myself personally, I have given up so goddamn much in the last year <laughs> that it's like I might as well. It's like it's like when you're running for 25 minutes, right? Like you know that it's gonna be five more minutes, and then you're done with your half an hour. I have gone so fucking far. Why would I stop now? Yeah, <laughs> I've I've come to that conclusion doing rhythm boxing. Um, mm myself yes um it's like really there's one more thing left i hate everything let's go (laughs) 
for me, it's more of a, I don't necessarily, and this is also coming as a sex educator, like, no matter how much you prepare people and, like, how comprehensive of sex ed you give or get everybody on the same page about levels of risk and stuff like that, there's always going to be human error in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. And sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's not like a lot of the time it's just like it slips through the cracks so even like i um like i try to socially distance uh like even when i'm hanging out with people outside but if i'm just like walking down the street and looking at my phone i come within six feet of people just because like i'm not necessarily paying attention to where i'm walking at that moment and stuff like that so like there's like the mistake in human error and then like if it was a 100 person orgy i can't e- i can't even think of 100 persons like names off of the top of my head let alone like right. a list of 100 people that i'm like i know that i trust that you actually did what you're mm. saying that you did mm. like yeah. so it, it it's i think it's really easy to take like personal i shouldn't say it's easy it is uh possible to take personal responsibility with stuff like that um, but like, as far as actually trusting that everybody did it, yeah, this, I mean that's that's the toughest like... part, right? It's yeah, it's how much how much um, how much leeway are you willing to give your fellow human being and knowing human beings? You'd be like, Ugh, no. and it might not even be the people who are at the orgy. It might be like the roommates of the people who are at the orgy who are off doing stuff that they're not telling their roommates about, so they're. The person yep. who came and they're like, no, I've just been around my roommates who also are just staying mm-hmm. home and taking proper. Yeah, but your roommate was at the last three orgies. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that you're safe. So, but this is my first one. Do you have separate toilets? Me. No. Okay, you gotta go. Well, yeah. Well, this also just reminds me of like. I used to be sick like every six weeks in the winter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I yo. have not been. Son, and now yo. I'm just kind of like, man, we were gross. And it, it's kind of like I look at my 2019 self like I look at 1500s people. <laughs> Where it's yeah. like, oh, baby, you just didn't know better. It's not, you know, <laughs> you I think it's, I think, know. I feel like I'm the same uh, with you. Um, uh, uh, oh man, there's like a it's fucking, I, in college, I went through a whole like, listen to the samples that uh, producers of rap songs use uh, phase. And there's a song called The Street Life. I can't remember whatever, but it's like, I live the street life. It's the only life I know. And street life. Um, anyway, but like, I feel like that when it comes to performers, right? Like, we live like like if the flu was gonna hit a town, I was number three on the list, dog. I was gonna get it <laughs> because I'm out in these streets and I'm handshaking with people. I'm hugging my friends. I'm outside. We are doing shots from a bartender who we none of us think took a shower that day. Like we are in <laughs> dank places doing bad things, and that is. The life that I, I have, qu- I quit a good job for this. Like I, this is I love it. I'm gonna get sick first, and that's fine. I, I could rationalize it to be like, well, my immune system is strong, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a frontline diseasist. I, I get it fast, <laughs> and then I pass it first. 
right? Because it's the flu. I'm not gonna die, right? Like, <laughs> I laugh because I have fucking have sarcoids in my lungs. But anyway, um, it's like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, maybe I die, but fucking YOLO, baby. Look, nobody makes it out alive. Can it be me first? Some days I hope. Um, but I've talked to doctors and I have medicine, and it's, it's okay. But like. Yeah, like, you know, I want to do that, but there's a fucking, it's a real disease out here. You don't, this is like, you can't fuck around with this like you can with the flu. And so in that way, don't go to an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't, I don't, I'm not getting less sick now. Um, I actually just stopped getting sick all the time when I stopped working in restaurants. Like, oh, well, I mean, just being around the the general public all the time yeah. and their food, I was just sick all the time. And then I got a desk job, which I'm I'm not a fan of the desk job, but like also I'm I'm not sick all the time. I have sick days now, is. and I don't need to use them a lot of the time. And I find it to be a scam. Street but life. Like, yeah. yeah. But then, you like, I have life. I have like my burlesque side where I'm like licking a pole. In a venue, <laughs> or like somebody's uh, butt was just I on went, that pole. So on Halloween, a I was pumping was just dirt. I was crawling around in gravel, <laughs> wearing fishnets and nothing else, and just like I, I licked people's faces. Hey. I, I took dollar bills out of people's hands with my oh. mouth. I took a dollar hey, bill out of another performer's like butt crack one time with my mouth. Like, it's to him. I have licked cake off of so many people's asses. Oh, and same. We lived the street life. It has given my immune system like that was nothing compared to restaurants. Oh, apparently, I could take like, bullets. I've continued doing burlesque <laughs> after the restaurant. Continued doing all of that shit after the restaurants and like nothing. I'll wake up a little tired the next day. Maybe right? Like, oh well, my because... god, I think I have the bubonic plague, but I'll be all right. We chill. But also, we were like speaking for myself. I would be drinking whiskey the same times that Medicine. I would be taking a dollar That's bill with my true. mouth, and it's like it even it right? Like that just antimicrobial yeah. that's why you have to get your freeze on when it comes to whiskey i feel like that's probably a thing that has come from me drinking in the house too long but now before i swallow whiskey i let it roam around my mouth i get the a good mm. gum numb popping and i mm. uh this is obviously a rationalization for probably a problematic behavior but i'm like i'm killing everything in here there's nothing I'm actually killing live cells. That's why I feel why, numb. So, why pay for Listerine except, when you're drinking whiskey anyway? I know I know a, a dude sugar. who used to drink Listerine because he was like, "There's sugar. alcohol in it," and I was like, I, "That that's Ew, unsafe." No. I don't. I'm never. Baby, I never no. want to have this conversation with you again. However, swishing whiskey. Let's talk. No. Because no sugar. Because sugar. Because of sugar. Because. Yes, because alcohol is it sugar, is. and so it's going to rot your all teeth. All over your mouth is just going to rot your teeth. Yes. I don't think the numbness is from the sugar. Alcohol, I think it's from the alcohol. Alcohol is yeah. actually very bad for your dental health. <laughs> to mm. be frank, mm. it's up. It's not as bad as smoking, but it's up there. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I miss that too. <laughs> okay. I want the street right. life. Y'all don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Um. 
Okay, so I'm just looking at how uh, what time it is, and we have uh, we've done a lovely job of discussing French orgies so far. <laughs> um, but I think that this takes us to the point at which I ask you, Alabaster, how do we find out more about you, and where can we listen to your new podcast, and when can we see your butt, and how do we pay you? Money There's for a that? lot. Okay, so um, I'm gonna try to remember this off the top of my head because I wrote it down and then I left my notebook up in my office where the Wi-Fi is bad. So, <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to remember off the top of my head. Um, so, on most social medias, uh, I am at Alabaster, but um, that is not my actual stage name. It's just Alabaster, but I have a very, very pasty white ass, so that is why that's there. Um, yeah, you'd never guess that I am actually part Mexican. <laughs> no, I, I'm just very pale. Um so yeah, Instagram and on Twitter, you can find me at alabasterbutt. Uh, and then I also have my sexuality education stuff under at the pint sized sexologist on Instagram or at pint sized on Facebook. I have a, a Facebook page, um, thepintsizedsexologist.com. It's a very expensive domain. Please get some traffic on it. Ooh. I um, had to renew that recently. <laughs> I know. And I claimed it on my taxes. <laughs> you goddamn yeah, right you buddy. did. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, I also uh, am on OnlyFans, also, slash Alabasterbutt. Um, and I'm on Frisk, but nobody else is on Frisk. So, you know, take that one with <laughs> a grain of salt. Um, and then uh, I started a podcast. It's called Censored Adult Content. It is a adult sex ed podcast. Uh, podcast where we talk about um, mishaps in sex education and how uh, not getting enough can end up in some like either really fucked up or really funny stories um, mm -hmm. and yeah I have people on talking about their trauma <laughs> essentially <laughs> and then also we uh, try to normalize not knowing everything about sex as an adult and we delve into some topics about uh, what you still want to know more about with sex and relationships as an adult because we don't know everything just because we're oh, grown yeah. Uh, and then yeah. that is uh, that's currently on Anchor it's just under um, censored colon adult content um, it's on Spotify I believe Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts right now um, it sent me an email that said all of the things that it is on but it is on the main ones of Spotify Anchor, Anchor sends it to the other things that's what I yeah. understand we're, we're, we are on Anchor and it, it sends us to all the other things and then on occasion, Anchor will like send me an email and it's like, oh, you're now on a new thing. And I'm like, I have never heard of that streaming service, but thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and uh, coming up, I am in a burlesque nonsense metal go-go BDSM troupe called Slut Church. And yeah, there's, there's some other attractive people involved with that. Uh, and... Uh, that is on February 19th on oh. Zoom we had to immigrate from Instagram for prudery so we're now on Zoom it's a virtual show and the I want to say that the ticket link is zlurch.eventbrite.com yes. Z-L-U-R-C-H I'm bad at spelling out loud was that correct? Yes. that's correct yeah. zlurch.eventbrite.com yeah. 
Yeah, you can get your early bird tickets up until a week before the show. I don't know when this episode's going to go up. Good luck. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's it's going to be fun. There's going to be lots of butts. butts. So many butts. I'm a big fan of them. How about you, Daryl? Where where can we get Black Gentrifier? Oh, you mean Black Gentrifier, my debut comedy stand-up album? Um, I think I said those in the wrong order. Um, yeah, you can get that at DarylCharles.BandCamp.com or anywhere you are actually getting things. If you are buying media, I'm almost positive if you look up Black Gentrifier, my album should be the only one. If that is not the case, uh, please email me or let me know on a variety of uh, platforms and I will fix that or at least talk to people who can. Uh, so yeah, uh, DarylComedy.com is my website. Please justify the price right. of the domain, right? And to go to it, uh, I have a Google Calendar up with a lot of my events and not a lot, all of them. Um, and they're there. So yeah, you can do that. Um, you know, follow me on Twitter. I, I got a fan today who liked a joke and then we talked about why I wrote the joke. So I'm accessible. Yeah. Very Googleable yeah. to quote like Keith from up the block, another previous DTF guest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, if you want to see more of my stuff, uh, sexwithtimarie.com, T-I-M-A-R-E-E, -E, where I post links to the stories that we discuss here, as well as a bunch of other news articles. And you can see my upcoming events, things that are coming up in February. Um, this episode will likely come up the exact day of the next Get You a Babe Who Can Do Both. So February 13th, we are doing a live show uh on zoom through the national liberty museum it is get you baby who can do, do both is a show that combines lightning talks and burlesque by the same babes it is an interactive and international zoom event and uh then the the next weekend on february 19th slut church is going to be on zoom so again get tickets to that and we got other random things coming up and you can always find i have a weekly column in the philly weekly i am their resident leftist um Ooh. so I'm yeah, I'm the I'm the sexuality person. So uh, when this episode comes out, I think will be my my issue, uh, my my article will be on ethical consumption of porn, like how to be a consumer who is not contributing to exploitation. So that yeah. that is an upcoming forthcoming article. And uh, yeah, you can find that on Philly Weekly. Yeah. So Y'all, we had fun. I had fun. I had fun. I, I enjoy screaming into the ether with friends. It's great. It's always fun. Yeah. 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 This is a good time. Um, all right. Well, Alabaster, thank you so much for being back. It was thank nice you. to have you. Thank you for having me in the before times and now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited for your new podcast. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. I feel like I'm I started. I started looking it up my way as you were talking. There's, yeah, there's only one episode out now. There might be two out by the time that this airs. Awesome. Uh, Ooh, see. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm starts editing with, it myself, so we'll see what type of release schedule. <laughs> <laughs> the learning curve isn't That's crazy, uh, uh, but no. thankfully, I'm not doing it for this. It's more the motivation curve yeah. that I need. Yeah, there it is. I can do it. 
I just need to want to. Which is why I uh, want to also give a shout out to Flirt Vonnegut, our, uh, our editor, our producer. Uh. Yes. <laughs> shout out. He's like, do people know why you make that anime noise? Do people we've, know? <laughs> we've said it a number of times. Um, at this point. Okay. Mm. I don't know. Look, if you don't know why I go ah, every time Flirt Vonnegut is mentioned, then please listen to previous episodes of DTF. And then come see us in person when that's. I was like, or just look at Flirt Vonnegut. Well, there's that. Touche. There's that. Um, I I never know how to pronounce the Awaigo face. I never know how to pronounce that, but it's the it's the anime face. This is not my wheelhouse. It's an anime face Mm -hmm. with like a usually a tongue and some drool and uh, eyes go akimbo. That's supposed to simulate the. It's supposed to simulate the uh, face of one Come going face. through the petite death, and um, <laughs> it's, the it's incredibly cartoonish, and it is a uh, internet subculture that I believe I first found out like the day we taped the DTF, and could not stop talking about oh. it because I was like, "Get the fuck <laughs> out of here! These, this is a thing for people. What?" And that is that 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 enthusiastic. Um, response to new information is why we do this show. So, yeah, yeah. So, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. And uh, we are going to talk to you next week. Mm-hmm. Bye bye.